Welcome to For What It's Worth, a podcast from Raymond James, designed to help you plan, invest, and live smarter. Hi, listeners, and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Paige Lenson. We're glad to have you with us. You can find this episode and more For What It's Worth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RaymondJames.com. This episode is all about healthcare in retirement, and specifically Medicare. It's an important component of holistic financial planning, but it can get a little complex for investors who decide to, say, retire early or continue working longer or are caring for younger dependents at home. Today, we're going to unwind a few of these tricky Medicare situations with the help of our featured guest. I'm really pleased to welcome back Tim Brady, private wealth consultant with Raymond James. Tim, it's great to be speaking with you again. Yeah, you too, Paige. Thanks for having me. All right, let's jump into this by talking about Medicare open enrollment, October 15th to December 7th. Who should be taking action during this time? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Uh, with anything retirement related, it's not a set it and forget it decision. So anyone who's about to enroll in Medicare or is currently on Medicare, they really should be taking time to review their uh, their healthcare coverage. And as long as it's making sense for them, they're not required to take any action, but it is a good time to review their medical coverage. So you heard it here, listeners, a good time to check in, even if you've got it all set up for yourself already. Tim, is there anything notable about this year, especially, you know, the last couple years were um, very much related to the pandemic unwinding? We've seen really high inflation numbers. Anything different about 2022? Absolutely. There's a, there's a few things. Number one, to start off with the Inflation Reduction Act, that actually came out and impacted Medicare. Uh, it does a few things for beneficiaries. Number one is it really brings down the, the cost of out-of-pocket expenses for, for drugs, uh, right now, the, the, the price for out-of-pocket costs for uh, participants is just over $7,000. Uh, it reduces it down to $2,000. So it really does bring it down quite a bit. Um, it allows Medicare to negotiate drug prices, something that really hasn't been allowed in the past. Uh, and what it does as well is for Medicare participants only is it caps insulin at $35. Uh, so for those who are on insulin, it really brings down their cost too. The unfortunate note, though, is it does not go into effect until 2025 as far as the drug cost goes. It begins implementation next year, but it's going to phase in. So by 2025, we'll see it fully implemented. As far as the cost of living adjustment, by the time you know this episode comes out, we'll probably have a better idea. But we're looking anywhere from 83 to 8.7% cost of living adjustment for uh, Social Security. Let's jump into some of these scenarios that investors probably frequently are in that can add a little bit of complexity to some of this Medicare decision making. So our first scenario here, you're planning to retire before age 65. What are some of the common strategies for securing health insurance to bridge that gap between your retirement date and when you actually become eligible for Medicare? Yeah, so Medicare really is designed for people 65 and older unless they are under 65 and have certain disabilities. So really the only way to, to bridge that gap is with private health insurance, either through uh, working longer to maintain your group health insurance or to go on an exchange and buy private insurance. All right, our, our next scenario here, let's say you work full time, you have health insurance through your employer. You're maybe getting close to age 65, that Medicare eligibility point, but you plan to continue working. This is probably a pretty common scenario for a lot of listeners. 
Are there potential benefits to enrolling in Medicare? What do you have to consider here? So there's a little bit of work that goes into this. You can certainly drop your group health insurance if you're past 65 and enroll in Medicare or vice versa. You can stay on your group health insurance. But the things you have to consider are the out-of-pocket cost. Uh, with group health insurance, what do you pay anytime you go to the doctor? Is there a $50 copay or is there a 10% copay? What about a spouse, right? If so if you are employed and you have that group health insurance, you're able to cover your spouse even if they're not working. But if you retire and you drop that insurance, uh, then your spouse has to go on another another type of health care. Um, so that is really one of the biggest considerations is uh, marital status. Is it possible to have multiple health insurances? Is, is somebody in this scenario, could they consider starting Medicare even though they're continuing to work and having health coverage through their employer? Yes, uh, but does it make sense is not an easy answer. Many people will enroll in Medicare Part A, which is a hospital insurance, because there's no premium for most people as long as they have 10 years of uh, covered Medicare-covered employment. Uh, so there's no premium for them. So many people do tend to enroll in Medicare Part A. But to enroll in Part B and also simultaneously enroll in uh, a group health insurance plan, you're almost kind of double paying. Um, so that is really it's possible, but it's not really the best idea. Let's go on to another kind of more complicated scenario. Let's say you're planning to retire, you're approaching 65, you're intending to enroll in Medicare, but you're still caring for younger kids at home. So maybe they're your own kids that you had a little later in life, maybe they're grandkids or other dependents. What are your options when it comes to maintaining their health coverage? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. And unfortunately, Medicare is an individual health insurance. So uh, while Social Security, you're eligible for benefits for younger uh, kids, Medicare does not cover them. So they would have to have their own individual health insurance. So you'd have to sort of look at other options to see if you were to change over to Medicare, you'd have to find an, an additional plan that would cover your That's dependents. Right. That's right. All right. Let's talk about HSAs and how they can kind of intertwine with Medicare decisions. So the situation, you're approaching retirement, you currently contribute to an HSA, a health savings account. Do you need to take action before you enroll in Medicare? So with HSAs, it can, it, it can be kind of tricky and, and maybe there's not enough uh, information out there. Once you're enrolled in any part of Medicare to include the Part A, uh, even if you're not paying a premium, the IRS says you're not eligible to contribute any new money to an HSA. The only way that you can contribute dollars is by having a high deductible health care plan. So for those people who are continuing to work past 65 and they want to contribute to an HSA, they, they really need to be uh, cognizant of, of Medicare enrollment and uh, avoid enrolling in Part A uh, to, to be able to contribute new dollars. So especially if you're looking you know, to start enrolling and you've currently got your HSA going, you need to cease those contributions or IRS will have a red flag. That's right. And if you work past 65, uh, there's a six-month look back for, for Medicare, which means there's a six-month look back to your HSA contributions. So let me, let me kind of give you an example on that. You work until age 66. Uh, you retire. Medicare says, hey, we'll retroactive uh, backdate your Medicare until 65 and a half. That applies to your HSA contributions. So you, you should not have contributed any new dollars to an HSA at 65 and a half. So you have to cease those contributions six months before you actually plan to enroll in Medicare. Only if you're going past 65, right? So um, if, you, if you retire at 65 on the dot, there's no six-month look back. 
Got it. Makes sense. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the funds within your HSA. Can those be used to cover Medicare premiums or related expenses? Yes and no. And the reason I say yes is you can take money out of an HSA really for any reason. It's whether or not it's going to be subject to income tax or penalties. Now you're allowed to uh, use HSA premiums to pay for a Medicare Advantage uh, premium, but you cannot use it for in a tax-deferred way for a Medicare supplement premium. Um, so if you do use it for you know other reasons other than qualified medical expense, then it's going to be uh, income tax. Got it. So some nuance there. Some right. things yes, some things no. Mm-hmm. You can always take the money out. It's a question of whether there's going to be still those tax advantages or maybe related penalties. That's right. Let's talk about our fifth and final kind of tricky scenario here. Let's say you're retired. You have already enrolled in Medicare. That's providing your health coverage. But you decide to go back to work, maybe full time, maybe it's part time. How should this affect your Medicare decision making? Yeah, so that that's an interesting one because you can still maintain your Medicare insurance and, and work, or you could certainly disenroll you. Yeah, there's a process to disenroll from Medicare and apply for the group health insurance. It does take a little time. Uh, like we talked about earlier, you have to evaluate the benefits of the different health insurance. What's the co-pays, the deductibles? Um, I, many people will drop Medicare and go on a group health insurance. What happens later in life when they when they finally retire, let's say at 68 years old, they would then reapply for Medicare using a different enrollment period. But, uh, you know, that way there's no penalties. So there's a specific disenrollment procedure mm-hmm. and then a related re-enrollment if you decide to kind of start Medicare, go back to work, return to your employer-provided health coverage, and then maybe fully retire down the line and go back to Medicare. That's right. Now that we've talked through some of these situations, and some of these probably come up all the time for for the investors that you speak with and work with, what are some of the main decision-making points? If you're someone who's looking to enroll in Medicare, what are the main variables you have to think through? So there's really two pathways for the majority of people is, number one, you you enroll in the what's called original Medicare. That's the government Medicare system. Uh, which is includes your Part A hospital insurance and your Part B medical insurance. What you then would do is add on a standalone prescription drug plan plus any dental, vision, or hearing insurance, as well as potentially a Medicare supplement. And the Medicare supplement really helps supplement Medicare and pay for those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that route, you typically have a higher monthly uh, cost outlay because you're enrolling in Medicare, you're enrolling in standalone dental and vision, and a Medicare supplement. The other option is enroll in Medicare. That's really the primary pathway for any decision. But then you subsequently enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan. And what that does is it it turns over the insurance to private insurance companies like Humana or Aetna or many out there. Uh, And essentially that takes the place of the government Medicare and turns it over to that private insurance company. On paper, it's going to look a lot lower uh, from a monthly premium standpoint. Many Medicare Advantage plans have zero premium. They may even reimburse you. Um, So you you have to look at what you pay with a Medicare Advantage on the back end. Whenever you go to the doctor, do you have a 20% copay, 10% copay, uh, or just a flat fee? Now, many of the Medicare Advantage plans, though, will have all of the other benefits, vision, dental, hearing, wrapped up into it, uh, which is a big, uh, you know, attractive component for certain participants. So these are these are important decisions to be making and a lot of variables involved. I'm sure even just an individual's 
you know, kind of um, health situation will have a big impact on which of these coverage areas would be more or less beneficial for them to have. Yeah, that's right. For our listeners who want to learn a little bit more about their options, maybe need a little bit more guidance with this decision making, their eligibility, what would you recommend to them? So the first uh, point of contact really is with Medicare.gov. They do have a great website with a lot of information um, and how to contact Medicare, how to enroll. So it, all of that's outlaid on, on Medicare.gov. And of course, work with a trusted advisor to help navigate those waters. You don't have to do it alone. Tim Brady, private wealth consultant with Raymond James. Tim, it was great to have you back. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. You can find more episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe. For what it's worth, I'll see you next time. All opinions and information, including any price references or market forecasts, correspond to the recording date listed in this episode's description. Any performance figures noted do not include fees or charges, which would reduce an investor's returns. The information contained in this podcast is not research, nor does it constitute the provision of any investment, financial, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or recommendations to the listener. Raymond James and its financial advisors do not provide tax or legal advice, and you should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance is not an indication of future results. There is no assurance any investment strategy will be successful. Investing involves risk, and investors may incur a profit or a loss. Investment products are not deposits, not FDIC and CUA insured, not insured by any government agency, not bank guaranteed, subject to risk and may lose value. Copyright 2020 Raymond James and Associates Inc. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. Copyright 2020 Raymond James Financial Services Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC. Raymond James and Associates Inc. and Raymond James Financial Services Inc. are affiliates of Raymond James Bank.